Hello, and thank you for tuning in. You are listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. You can listen and subscribe to the show for free on Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Blog Talk Radio, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Audible. For network or show information, visit FightRadio.me. And now, the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Good day, everyone, and thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Today, my special guest is Dr. Rima Bonario. She is a dream weaver, soul coach, and wild heart healer with more than 30 years on the path of conscious evolution. She is a respected thought leader, speaker, and teacher for women seeking to stand in their personal power while remaining open-hearted and connected. Rima specializes in the arena of personal sovereignty and the challenge many women face in maintaining a healthy balance between caring for others and caring for themselves. Her best-selling book, The Seven Queendoms, A Soul Map for Embodying Sacred Feminine Sovereignty, explains how women can use the energy majesty, and noble nature of the queen archetype to consciously create a life they love. Her coaching, workshops, online courses, sacred sacred travel journeys use the transcendent power of myth and archetype, ritual and ceremony, and soul shadow work to help her students cut through energetic clutter, dissolve emotional baggage, and form wildly fulfilling habits of attention. Rima is the founder of Bloom Fine Egyptian Oils and the Sisterhood of Anointing Priestesses, where she teaches the lost temple art of anointing to reclaim feminine power. She's also co-founder of the Art of Quantum Living, LLC, which trains and certifies people in the 21-day shadow work practice called the Quantum Living Process. Rima holds a doctorate in transformational psychology and has studied with master teachers in body-based energy work, trauma first aid, and other body-based trauma-informed practices, the tantric art of sacred sexuality, and the temple art of anointing. She is passionate about helping women experience personal wholeness, relationship harmony, and material abundance in their lives. You can learn more about Rima by visiting her website, which is www.rimabonario.com, and that's R-I-M-A-B-O-N-A-R-I-O.com. And with that, I'd like to welcome Rima to the show. Good day, Rima. Good morning and good day. Thank you for having me on. It is my pleasure, and I'm looking forward to uh, to this topic and, and uh, having having my female listeners kind of tap into their queen um, queen energy. Um, so let's start with um, the idea of sovereignty, and you know the subtitle of the book has um, talking about embodying sacred feminine sovereignty. So can you tell us a little bit about the idea of what is sovereignty, and then more specifically, the feminine sovereignty. Yeah, great, great starting point. So when we're talking about sovereignty, we're really talking about the capacity to be the captain of our own ship, you know. And it means that we are able to make decisions for ourselves and govern ourselves free from outside influence, and we have a sense of being the absolute authority in our own lives. And unfortunately, many people don't actually have that feeling, that sensation. I think women in particular, you know, because of the historical experience that we've had of not being allowed to own property, not being allowed to have certain uh, jobs, not being allowed to study in certain um, schools, and it's only been a couple of generations 
that we've been able to actually even open a bank account without our husband or our father being on the account. So we're still, as women, seeking to get that sensation, that sensation that we have authority over our own lives. Are. And um, so feminine sovereignty is actually not just talking about that aspect of it, but it's about tapping deeper into the kind of sovereignty that exists on the interior planes first and understanding that if we want to feel sovereign in the outside world, we have to start by becoming sovereign in our inside world where we get sovereignty over the different parts of ourselves that are holding us back. And only after we've really done that or made some progress in those inner realms are we going to have the skills we need and the courage we need to seek that uh, skillful presence as sovereign beings in the external world. Yeah, that definitely starts within. You know, the idea of, you know, from within and outward, I'm sure, is um, – is the um, is the approach to take so now? How the idea of the seven queendoms um, that is uh, how, how did that come about? <laughs> that not had visual for me. I mean, you know, it's like it's an attention getter. <laughs> well, as I was doing my own work to create this sovereign inner experience and to feel like I was the queen of my own inner landscape. I noticed that there were a variety of areas that I wanted to work on, and I just started listing them and began playing with those areas of sovereignty. And before long, I realized, oh, it's like having a different queen for each of these areas of sovereignty. And as I continued to be in that exploration with myself and my students, I found all kinds of uh, research and other energetic tools and different systems, including the chakra system, for example, that are that I've combined together with these areas of sovereignty and created this really powerful synthesis so that we can we can walk through a relationship and build a relationship with each of these queens and it's sort of like we have the whole the whole spectrum covered and um so I can name them for you if you like, the different areas of sovereignty. <laughs> that was my next so, question. <laughs> yeah, perfect. So I started working – well, I'll just name them all, and then we'll, we can talk about whichever one feels appealing okay. to you. Uh, I was – here are the areas that we work with. Spiritual sovereignty, mental sovereignty, emotional sovereignty, energetic sovereignty – expressive sovereignty or how we show up in the world, what our gifts are to give the world. I call that one sometimes Dharma sovereignty. Um, physical sovereignty and sexual sovereignty. Those are the seven the seven different domains. And there's a queen for each one. And so each queen has a whole list of tools and techniques and learnings and questions and exercises that go along with each of them so that we can really get some shift to happen inside of our lives in each of these areas. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I, I would like to kind of go through them, you know, individually, just kind of on a high level to give the listener. Um, so now, first of all, do do we do women have um, various degrees of sovereignty, like in all seven? I mean, are all seven part of the makeup, and, and the, the degree of sovereignty is just dependent on unique circumstances? Absolutely, you have that right. And a lot of times, the amount of sovereignty we feel in any one of these areas can be traced back to the way that we grew up. And whether we were supported in feeling sovereign in those areas or whether we were shut down or maybe even punished for wanting to be sovereign in those areas. And, uh, you know, I think about my growing up years. My dad is a, was a professor. My mom was home with us. And 
our in our house being smart was the currency. It wasn't about being sporty or even being good looking or any of those things. You, you had to be smart. It was all about the grades that you brought home. That was the only place that I received sort of, you know, positive reinforcement and compliments. So I worked really hard to get smart. And um, the interesting thing about the way the queens work is that we're, we're shooting to have a balanced, a balanced approach. So that queen is the visionary queen. She oversees all of our mental processes. She helps us to feel that we've got the mastery over our thoughts and that we can think through things and see clearly and come out the other side with a, with a plan. And you can, we're aiming to be in a healthy relationship with that queen, but you can overdo it and just like you can underdo it. So I overdid it a little bit in that area in my life because that was the, the thing that mm-hmm. was held up as being so important. And so I ended up moving into one of the shadow expressions of that queen. So you can, you can be in a healthy expression or you can be in a shadow expression where you're either underexpressed or overexpressed. So for a while, instead of being a visionary queen, I was an arrogant queen. <laughs> and I just kind of, you know, like knew it all and, and thought I had an opinion about everything. And that, that's how it was in our house. You better have an opinion. You better, you don't ever say you don't know the answer to something. You better have an opinion. It could be wrong. It doesn't matter. You just have to sell it with confidence. That was kind of the, the, the way it was in my household. And so, so I learned to be like that. And it took a fair amount of inner, digging and repatterning and re recreating for myself a way to be with my thought processes that wasn't uh, overly aggressive or opinionated or arrogant. And I'm much happier now living more completely in my visionary queen. And, um, and interestingly, sometimes I go in the opposite direction, which, which is what I call the foolish queen, where we don't actually trust our own inner wisdom and I had given my power away to what everybody else thought and what the experts said and forgetting that I'm the expert on me (laughs) and uh, Mm -hmm. and so when we get confused a lot and we say I don't know and we don't want to make choices and we don't know which way to go and we feel sort of stuck or blocked that can be because we're not we don't have enough of our visionary queen online and and we're we're not we're not in that masterful place so the book allows people to go through each of these areas of sovereignty and meet each of these different queens and learn how to develop a relationship with the healthy version of the queen and then watch out for these two shadow expressions and heal what needs to be healed so that we can we can get the gifts involved. Yeah. So each of the queens um, have two shadow expressions each, right? So out of the seven um, express the queendoms, seven queendoms, there are two shadow expressions per um, queendom. Yes, exactly. You can kind of think about it like um, if you had a center line. And each of the mm-hmm. healthy queens was standing on the center line. Uh, and then mm-hmm. to her left would be a, a queen where she's not as well developed and she's, she's underdeveloped and she's missing some components. And to the right would be the shadow queen expression where she's overdeveloped. She's gone too far and she has too much of that energy going on. So either to the left or to the right, we're sort of out of balance. And what we're seeking mm-hmm. is to come come into center. Okay, that makes visually I can I can understand it clearly and it makes sense. Um, so I'm going to just talk about a couple of them and and maybe we can um, you can call us about the, the under and over developed aspect. So um, well let's let's start with spiritual. And that was the first one listed that, that you told us about and. For many of my listeners, they're very um, curious, you know, and open-minded about spiritual aspects of life. So, a for someone who is 
looking at that particular aspect, um, what would be considered like an underdeveloped or overdeveloped aspect of the spiritual kingdom? If we have too much of that focus on spiritual attainment and so much so that we go, we abandon ourselves, we become the disembodied queen. And, and so the, the, the center line for the spiritual queen, I call her the divine queen. She completely recognizes that she's an extension of divine energy may manifest in physical form. And she knows her right, the right she, she oversees is the right to know ourselves at the very deepest level, to know what I, what I call for myself, my soul and live from my soul. Some people call it their higher self. Some people have um, just other names or ways of thinking about this more noble, more spiritual, more aware aspect of self, this divinity, if you will, that's, that's inside of us just waiting to express. This is how we become the hands and the feet of God, so to speak, you know, when we recognize we are an emissary, an ambassador, or a, an expression mm-hmm. of the divine. And so... If we spend too much time focused on that to the detriment of ignoring life in the physical world, that's when we become disembodied and, and we end up kind of popping, popping out of our body and, um, and overdoing it, you know. Whereas if we don't have enough connection to our spiritual self, if we don't understand enough of the true core of who we are, we can be the empty queen. And she she gets so caught up in the material world that she feels like, you know, her inner life is sort of dead. It's empty. It's all about the shoes and the bag and the car and the house. And most of us who've been on the path for a while know that, yes, we do want to attain a certain level of comfort. There's not everybody nothing wrong with that and having beautiful things is important to people that have a high value on beauty and there's absolutely that's all beautiful and wonderful but when that's all we have eventually Mm. something starts to feel empty inside we feel like there has to be something more so the divine queen is she's such a powerful ally because she helps us really connect into spirit in a very healthy way so that we can have a robust experience of spirituality that belongs to us. The other thing she helps us do is she helps us break free from any old religious abuse we might have had in the past where mm-hmm. we found ourselves, you know, sucked into or born into or forced into, in some cases, a particular religious expression that was very dogmatic and wanted us to renounce our inner wisdom and only rely on what someone else says we ought to be doing, what someone else says the rules are, and what someone else says is forgiven or not forgiven or acceptable or not acceptable. And, And a lot of people have realized that those environments are restricting and even sometimes can become abusive. And the Divine Queen helps us to soften and heal and reclaim for ourselves the right to have spirituality that doesn't feel abusive or harmful. Yeah. Yeah, I I can see where uh, um, the range, you know, the the experience could have quite a different range and and different Expressions uh, of that belief. Now, one of there was one of the um, kingdoms was um, expressive, um, and you indicated that that is kind of how we um, present ourselves to the world. So, um, can, I, I'm curious about this one because you know it seems like you know the spiritual, the mental, and emotional, um, even energetic. <clears throat> excuse me, are very internal focus internal you know the, the focus is internally the, the expressive is you know kind of what we put out to the world what we exude 
you know, so can you tell us a little bit about, you know, the expressive queens and the either the under or the over um, attention given to that particular queendom? Yeah, the the expressive queen, I mean, they're all my favorites, really, but sometimes there's ones <laughs> that, you know, are, are more more fun than others, and I, I love what the expressive queen helps us with, and the, what, what I love about her is she invites us to express not what we think other people want us to express, but what is actually real and true for us. And that can be scary. That can be scary if we, almost all of us have received messages at some point in our lives that told us that who we were was not okay. You know, we either should be more like somebody else or we should be not so loud or we should be, you know, dress like this or act like that or speak like this, you know, all the things. And so, the expressive queen, she works in this area that I call dharma sovereignty because the word dharma, uh, it's borrowed from the Buddhist tradition. It, it so beautifully captures this energy that I was going for here. So to understand what dharma means, it's, it's another way of describing what is your inherent natural state. So, for example, it's the dharma of fire to be hot. That's just Mm -hmm. part of its natural makeup is to be hot. And when it's providing heat, it is doing what it's here to do, what it's come to do. Fire is one of the main things it does is provide heat. And so when it's being itself, when it's being hot, Mm -hmm. it's actually living its dharma in the world. So for me, one of the things I've learned is that I innately, part of my makeup is to share ideas and to teach and to support people in finding their own inner wisdom. And teaching has been something that's come very naturally to me. Even when I was very young and in school, I was always the one organizing the study groups and I could take a lot of information and synthesize it and share it back out. So when I'm living and aligning my life in such a way that I have the opportunity to be of service by teaching, and my first job was was a a secondary school teacher. I was a middle school teacher teaching reading in English. And I've been teaching my whole life that when I'm in that flow, that's my medicine. That's my gift to the world. I get to give that. And when I give that, when I'm operating in that space, it's very, very fulfilling for me. My At a very soul level, I feel like it's just a privilege and a joy to get to do that because I'm on purpose and I'm in alignment with my dharma. And the invitation of the expressive queen is to actually ask ourselves some hard questions about the choices we've made. You know, did we end up in a line of work because somebody else thought that would be a good idea or because we thought it would make us a bunch of money or because we actually sort of accidentally landed there? And it may not be the actual medicine we've come here to give to others. It may not be what our dharma is. And the expressive queen really asks us to be courageous and begin to use our voice as we were designed to do um, and begin to make sometimes make significant changes in our lives so that we can get more in alignment with expressing that truest part of ourselves. And that can be something as simple as, you know, changing where we live or changing how we dress or or changing, letting go of some friends that are not actually good friends. They're more like frenemies, you know. Um, mm-hmm. we, we, get, we get invited into that conversation with the expressive uh, it, it's just, Yeah. Yeah, now it's interesting. I have, uh, there was an example of uh, kind of expressive queen that I came across last week. Um, last week I had um, a show with um, a woman, um, Perquois from, uh, she was coming from Moscow, Russia, and, and her focus of her work 
is, you know, the female empowerment, the feminine empowerment, and and using one's voice is a, a singer that sings in very different kinds of tones. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then late, the next day, I was doing a uh, a tribute show to one of my fellow podcasters who passed suddenly, and um, one of her regular listeners wrote into me and wanted to wanted me to read a poem that she had written um, for our friend. And um, I had just finished the, the show with Perqua. I said, you know, it would be just so much better in your voice, you know, if you were to be able to say something else, thinking your voice, you know. And, um, you know, and she was hesitant. I mean, you know, not many people want to, you know, go on air, so to speak, and kind of talk, and, and then alone, let alone, you know, a, she created a poem, and, and uh, our, our mutual friend was very much a poet and, and did poetry. So, anyway. Um, make a long story short, she decided that she wanted to do an audio and send it to me so that way she wouldn't have to do it live and she could do it okay. But, um, and it was wonderful. It was beautiful. She had a magical voice. I mean, I was like, oh, yes. And after the show, she contacted me and let me know that, you know, a mutual friend of, of the ones who passed had heard her poem, wanted her poem, and wanted her to go on to another show to read it. You know, so, I mean, it was, you know, she was thrilled that, you know, she hadn't did it, you know, despite her reservations. And, and to me, it was just, it was, to me, it was, and, and it was interesting. She was, my friend was a very popular, her show was very popular with, you know, a particular subgroup of us uh, podcasters. And, um, and when I, I had planned this for a long time, and not very many people called in, it's very, very few people that called in. And it was, I was kind of, I was taken back at first, thinking, you know, it's kind of sad, you know, that I had all, you know, all of these people were supporting there. But then I, you know, when, when the, the poet, you know, came back with, you know, her, her experience, um, to me it was like, it was full circle that, that, the, our friend Corrine, who had passed, you know, Corrine would have loved the fact that, you know, her listener was inspired enough to write a poem and also courageous enough, like you're talking about courageous, courageous enough to, to go on and verbalize it. So, um, so I, I can understand that it's, it's, um, it's just so important, you know, to have to yeah. claim that voice. Such a beautiful, two beautiful stories about this the power of voice right and how important it is for each of us to lean in and use our voices and you know it, there's any number of things that we might feel called to use our voice around and right now we're seeing in the world uh, um, this constant efforting that's happening for the feminine to become more respected as an energy, as it's the way it expresses in women, which, you know, we all have masculine and feminine energy within us. So, so mm -hmm. when we, when we don't honor the feminine, it hurts women and men, but it tends to disproportionately hurt women because we're in a female body, right? And people see that connection. And it's so beautiful what you're talking about is like giving women this opportunity to really use their voice. And we're seeing that happen in Iran with women who are determined to um, fight for their right to, to express themselves and not be in danger because some of their hair is showing in public. And I'm happy to hear that you are working with a woman from Russia because I know that Mothers in Russia right now are very upset and not wanting for their children to be conscripted into a war they don't believe in. And so it's a beautiful thing when people use their voice and in particular when women use their voice to take a stand for their inherent right to exist. And we need more and more of us in connection with the power of our voice. So it's so important yeah. right now. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But, and, but often, you know, the, we, the, so the two shadows for, I'll just share the two shadows for this queen 
Um, mm-hmm. One of them is the is the silent clean when when we don't speak up, when we're too afraid, when we're worried about the blowback, or we just feel stuck and on the inside and can't actually make the words come out. Sometimes we've had so much conditioning and trauma in our life that the idea of speaking up is so terrifying that even when we want to, we can't quite get the words to form and come out um, of the voice box, you know. And then the opposite mm-hmm. side of that is when there's too much of that going on. I call her the starring queen where she wants to be <laughs> on the stage mm-hmm. and, you know, do all the things, but she's not really creating any kind of intimacy. She's sort of like, well, I'm going to be up here. You all are going to watch me perform, but she's not actually in real connection with people where she's not really in conversation. She's sort of doing her own thing, and it's about hearing her own voice. You know, we've all had people Mm -hmm. in our lives like that that just... Yeah, right. I, yeah, I'm both, actually in both, you know, in both areas, uh, both extremes. So, but um, well, we're, we're about halfway through the show, Rima, so I'm going to take just a quick break. And I do want to invite listeners, if you're listening live, you'd like to call in and ask any questions, you can call in at 619-789-4359. And then when we come back, um, Rima, you know, we, we just, touched a little bit on the idea of the, the feminine and the masculine. So, I, you know, I want to talk just a little bit about the, the queen-king interaction, okay? Yes. Okay, great. Everyone stay tuned. We'll be right back after this brief break. Hello, this is Robert Sharp. I want to thank you for joining us, and I hope that you are enjoying today's show. Just a reminder that we have a wealth of information and resources available on our website, byteradio.me. There is a calendar of upcoming shows, along with an archive link that will give you access to more than 1,600 shows that we have had during the past 12 years. Also on the site is a link to the products and services we provide, books, nature photography, calendars, and 5x7 photo greeting cards. Our show is a free podcast on Blog Talk Radio, iHeart Radio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and TuneIn. And you can subscribe for free on any of those platforms by using the links on our website homepage. We are on social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, etc. And we also have buttons to those platforms on the top of our homepage. Our website, ByteRadio.me, has much for you to explore and enjoy. I also very much appreciate you supporting our guests, and especially today's guest. And now, back to the show. Okay, everyone. Thank you for staying with us again today. My special guest is Dr. Rima Bonario, and we are talking about her new book, the Seven Queendoms, a soul map for embodying sacred feminine sovereignty. And again, you can find out more by visiting Rima's website, which is www.rimabonario.com. That's R-I-M-A-B-O-N-A-R-I-O.com. Okay, we're back, Rima. Glad to be back. So excited to continue the conversation. Thank you. Thank you. So, um, king and queen, um, you know, tell us a little bit about um, the interplay, you know, between the two. I mean, you know, you mentioned that we women kind of have all of the different queendoms within, um, but I'm also thinking that also some of the kingly <laughs> kinds of um, aspects also enter the picture. So, t- tell us about the dynamic. The queen king dynamic. Well, what we want to do is have an experience in life where we get to feel our own sense of sovereignty. And it is ideal when we are living with and in relationship with others who also feel sovereign in their lives. And none of us is perfect about this. We have moments where we feel complete clarity, we're in our sovereignty, we're censored. We're not over or under-expressed in any area, and we feel, you know, confident. And so when 
challenges happen and we're we're really in that beautiful centered space, we are more resourceful in how we respond to those challenges. When we're not centered, when we're in one of the shadowy places, whether it's an underexpression or an overexpression, what often ends up happening is that we get into power struggles with people. We sometimes can even get into power struggles with ourselves, and we end up going around and around in circles and not really getting um, any forward movement. And so when we're talking about relationship with other people, what, we're, what we want to do is consider how we can stay in our most sovereign state and how we can invite the people we love and that we're in relationship with for them to stay in their most sovereign state. And hmm. and when we're both in sovereignty, there's no there's no fighting because my sovereign self is not against your sovereign self. Sometimes if there's a disagreement and my sovereign self needs to go in this direction and your sovereign self needs to go in that direction, we might feel sad, we might feel lost, but we're going to honor and respect that as two choices that are coming from a healthy sovereign place. Mm-hmm. It's only when we're not in our sovereignty that we want to try to manipulate others into, you know, seeing the world the way we see it or doing the things we want to do, or we make demands or we pressure people to change. And instead of focusing on how we need to grow, we try to fix other people. And so when the king and the queen are in relationship together, they're able to build something so beautiful from a joyful place, from a centered place, from a a place of deep connection to their own sovereignty, instead of feeling like you have an adversary that you're in relationship with and that there's this constant challenge happening and somebody's going to win and somebody's going to lose and it isn't going to be me. And that when we have that energy happening in the house, whether that's coming from a king energy or queen energy, it's, it's, it's very toxic to the soul being able to express freely. You know, I think, you know, the the recognition of individual sovereignty um, and respect for, you know, others, you know, sovereignty, it seems to me that that is the the place where um, the, the, the best, can occur is, is in that respect, and that when one you know does not have a respect for someone's sovereignty, then that's that's when um, all of that the manipulation and the you know all, all of the different types of um, unwanted or undue influence can maybe enter in the picture, and, and that that never works out very well. Yeah, it can cause a lot of harm, you know, when we're trying to bend people to our will. And usually the thing we're trying to get people to do is it's coming from one of those shadowy places anyway, you know. Like, if you'll just do this, then I can feel better about myself. If you'll just do that, then then I won't be so miserable or we won't have these arguments. And and so much of the time, we, if we're focused on somebody else, we're not really in the space of our sovereignty. That doesn't mean that we don't get to have boundaries and um, know when we need to ask for changes. So the empowered queen is the queen that really helps us in that domain where we understand we have a right to our power to be powerful people to own our power in responsible ways and to create space for that power to have room to express. We just don't have to do that by dominating other people. And um, mm-hmm. that that's, that's a big change that's happening in the world right now, and that's partly why I really focus on feminine sovereignty and feminine forms of power in my work because the way the feminine expresses her power is quite different often from the way masculine energy expresses power. You know, masculine energy is a very get-it-done, heroic, sort of action-oriented energy that it's all about doing and, you know, pushing, charging ahead. 
we very much need to have that energy in our lives. So I'm not in any way saying that's, that's somehow bad or wrong. The energy, though, that we're missing so much of right now is the energy that's connected to intuition and guidance that appreciates stillness, that, that creates from a place of flow and magnetism drawing inward rather than pushing outward. And in reality, the, the order of operations that tends to work best is when we go inward and we seek guidance first, when we use the feminine practices of inward discovery and and connecting with our soul and looking for internal guidance and internal wisdom first and then choosing to act from that place, we tend to have better outcomes, better better results when we're when we're putting that masculine do 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 energy in service to the feminine being energy. Otherwise yeah. it's just like having a military that's running around just oh well I've got a sword in my hand so I guess I'm supposed to be killing something <laughs> and uh, <laughs> or I've got action, I've got I've got this feeling of action. I was just on the phone with a client this morning and she was talking about that she's always doing things and reading things but she can't get any traction in her business because the action she's taking is coming from a, an anxious place inside of her where she's doing mm-hmm. in order to avoid the inner criticism of feeling lazy, but the choices of her doing this are not actually giving her anything in return. In other words, she's spending her energy in all the wrong places. <laughs> and she's, she needs to, you know, her, her, her homework was to stop doing for an entire week and spend the time instead of, you know, learning new things and reading new books and taking new classes, instead to go to the beach with her journal and or sit on her back porch and listen inward and start hearing what her soul wants her to know. What is her intuitive guidance telling her? What's happening on the inside that could help her begin to make more constructive choices around how she uses her action-oriented energy. She needs to get that guidance from inside first. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of, I, I know, I find myself at times, you know, doing things that I know, it's like, well, you know, why am I doing this? I really, you know, I mean, it's kind of like piddly work, you know, just, you know, stuff that just doesn't really have a you know, um, a directed purpose. Um, mm-hmm. But um, so now, one one of the kingdoms was physical, um, and in, in the subtitle of your book is embodying sacred feminine sovereignty. So, can you tell us a little bit about you know the idea of embodying you know a particular um, energy, and, and in particular now the physical, how, how the physical um, aspect with the over and under expressions. The the physical domain, physical sovereignty is overseen by the grounded queen, and her job is to support us in recognizing that we absolutely have the right to exist on the planet. It's shocking to me how many of us on a deep level, if we get really honest, sometimes don't feel that we have the right to be here, that we have the right to be taken care of and cared for, that we have the right, just like the flowers, to have nourishment and nurturance, just like the birds are cared for. We're here on a planet that has everything we need, and we get told over and over again from a young age that if we're not a good girl or a good boy, then we will be denied those very basic things we need to exist. And what that does is it generates a kind of free-floating fear or anxiety that we are not going to be okay, we're not going to be cared for. And when we develop that belief about life, then we move into life living it from that perspective and often what happens is we start to see the evidence that confirms 
that that's in fact mm. true. And and the reason this work is all about embodiment is that the point of being on the physical planet, in my view and my experience, is to actually enjoy the beauty and the power of being in a physical body, the delight of having sensory organs and having this interaction with energy in this very physical way. It's like coming to an amusement park and we can either get really terrified by the rides or we can have a great time while we're on the rides. And and if we go really deep, we can eventually see we're not just on the ride, we are the ride. <laughs> that's that's a whole nother level of understanding, but when we're when we're in, when we're in the empowered queen, I'm sorry, when we're in the grounded queen, we feel so deeply connected to the earth as our home that we have strong roots here. We feel rooted and and to me, my roots when I envision them and visualize them and work with them in these body-based practices I teach, it's like feeling my um like the feeling my seatbelt, right, where I get to click in for this ride called Planet Earth, and I feel so secure in being held by the Earth that it helps to dissipate that feeling of fear. And and then I can live looking for evidence of how I'm always being taken care of and how the universe is always looking out for me and how everything I need is here, everything I need is here. And I start to find that that becomes true in, in my, in my reality. And so every one of these queens has an embodiment practice and an embodiment element to it because we have to draw that energy and that understanding in, and the archetype into ourselves so we can feel it from the inside. We, we get to feel it and then we get to be it. And as we're feeling it and being it, we are actually then creating it in, in our existence, in our physical reality. So, so it's not enough to just know this information. That's a good beginning. But really it's, it's not about learning a bunch of new stuff. It's about practicing being this new way of being as a, as an embodied experience. Yeah, you know, we, I agree with you that this, you know, physical experience is, um, I mean, the idea of being here is, you know, the joy of the physical experience and, and the idea of bringing um, idea and and thought into the physical. It, it's basically a, kind of an alchemy of, of bringing thought and inspiration into reality. You know, and and it's to me it's it's a you know it, it's a place where you know I mean if you're in spirit you know you're you're there <laughs> you know you don't have that particular um, ability to to play with energy and, and to be creative with energy. And, and so anyway, that's what, that's my particular view of, of, of why we're here. And, you know, in the, and to have fun. I mean, you know, we, we're off so serious, you know, um, all the time. And that, um, you know, we real, I think many times is, is that uh, we, you know, don't give enough uh, value to having fun. You know, there, there's there's something very important I think about it that we, that we miss when we don't include that in our 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 being. Yeah, I love that so much. I think it's so important for for each of us to be, to embody that energy that we'd like to see more of in the world. And so, not only do we get to have fun, but by having fun we actually make the world itself a more fun place for everyone. And we don't do anybody a service by being miserable, but by thinking that somehow it's more noble to be um, not happy because other people mm-hmm. aren't happy. Well, when we do that, we're just adding more misery to the world. So I agree with you that this is, this is part of what we get to do 
is heal the world by healing ourselves. And it's a, it's not an easy job, you know, to move into the body for people who've had experiences that didn't, it didn't feel good to live in the body. You know, I grew up, one of the things that was true in my household was that my parents were sort of old-fashioned and they, they used physical reinforcement, physical punishment, you know, to when they raised us. And so from a young age, I found it to be very uncomfortable to, to have my attention inside of my body. So my attention became trained to focus on everybody else and things outside of my body, my external environment, so that I didn't have to really feel the physical pain that was going on inside my body. And anybody who's done any, any kind of physical or sexual abuse, it's very often the strategy we take up in order to survive that is to leave our bodies and put our attention elsewhere. The problem is that over time, we lose connection with what makes it joyful to be a human being if we don't actually have attention inside of our body. We lose connection to how how pleasurable physical touch can be. We lose connection to being able to make good decisions about eating because we don't feel when we're full or we don't feel that a certain food causes us to have stomach aches. We're, we're not really paying attention to anything that's going on inside the body if we've left the body. So eventually our health begins to suffer. We do things that are not good for us because we don't feel it. We don't feel how exhilarating a good walk can be or exercise can be because we're not actually living in the body. And this is a big part of what I help women do is to come back home to themselves, to come back home to their bodies and to to find a way to feel safe once again inside their own bodies. Yeah. Well, that's where getting toward the end of the show, but one of the areas I wanted to talk about um, that just really piqued my interest when, when I was preparing for the show is um, your Egyptian oils. Um, now, you have a wonderful shop on your website for people to look at it. You can get lost in jewelry and cards, and, but the oils, the Egyptian oils. Tell us about, you know, your connection to, to Egypt and, and, and the oil. Tell us just kind of how that became a part of uh, what you offer? I, I, very long time back, I was raising my daughter, who's a, a very magical, wonderful being. She's off at college now. And I had, I was in this deep prayer of asking, you know, how do I help this child develop herself spiritually? I don't want to put her through a very dogmatic, rigorous environment like I had growing up. I want her to have a more open kind of spirituality. And the answer that came back was to take her to sacred places and that those places would awaken her. Now, this was happened at the point in my life where I was still disconnected from myself. So I perceived that guidance to be all about her when really it was all about me. <laughs> so I, I had the thought, oh, well, Egypt right away came to the, oh, I want to take Sophia to Egypt. Well, I haven't yet had the opportunity to take her to Egypt. I know we'll go one day, but I've since traveled there now four times myself, leading groups to Egypt. And when I got there, it was like finding my soul's home. And one of the things mm-hmm. that occurred while I was there was I got to meet uh, Gamal Abdul, who's a fifth-generation alchemist and a Sufi master and a Reiki master and just a profound being. And he and his family have been creating these oils in the tradition that's been done really for centuries, for millennia in Egypt. And um, they're all the, – the, he has all different kinds of oils, but the most magical ones are connected to the chakra system. There's the seven body chakras, but there's also seven cosmic chakras that are, that are outside of the body. And I began to study with him and use these oils, and they – because my work is embodied work, these work within the body. It's a technology that's like a homeopathic remedy. You can put these oils on – and they help your body and your chakra system come into greater balance and harmony. And so 
there's an oil that tracks to each of the seven queens. And it's been such a powerful tool for myself and my students to work with these oils to help our bodies become healthier and more balanced and aligned while we're also working to get our psychology into a place of balance and our belief systems in a place of balance and our physical body in a place of balance. So they smell luscious, and there are occasionally times when people feel a smell an oil, and it's like, wow, that is way strong, or I don't like that at all. That's usually an indication that they're out of balance in a particular area. And, they, and so I tell people, well, just work with that oil on the bottoms of your feet so you don't have to smell it. And it's always so surprising to them how after, you know, a, a certain amount of time, an oil can become, that smelled so strong or, or strange in the beginning can become so delicious and comforting as we bring ourselves into balance. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, I, I was looking at the um the different uh, fragrances of, in particular the chakra ones and uh some wonderful scents there that um that I enjoy. So guys we're down to the end of the show. So what do you hope, Rima, that the reader women will take away from from reading your book? Well, I want to say first that I've had a lot of men read my book and really enjoy it as well because, you know, these principles are universal and that while there's a lot of conversation about how it particularly impacts women, there's, there's a lot that men can glean from the, from the book as well. And what I hope that the reader takes away is that um, whatever has not been working in their lives, wherever they haven't felt sovereign and in their power, it doesn't have to stay that way. They, they, there's hope. You can do the, the practices and answer the questions in the book and, and get the inspiration from each of these queens to create allies for you, like a, like your own inner queen's council, so that you can change, begin to change your life in a way that works better for you. And I do encourage people to come on to my website. There, on the homepage, there's a quiz you can take, so you can see which queen you're most in resonance with right now, and we'll send you a, a beautiful PDF with a full array of information to help you deepen your relationship with that queen. Um, and you can do the same thing by... Uh, reading the book and, and going a little deeper. We have each of these archetypes that we offer through the Queen's Quiz um, have a little bit extra added to them. And it's just fun to get in there and play, play with the Queens and see 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 how they work for you. They're there to support you. <laughs> exactly. Play is fun. And, um, and I noticed also on your website that you have some free gifts for people to, to look at and some wonderful videos that would be very educational for people to watch. So that's a, another thing for people to look for. Absolutely. I encourage people to get in there and all the, the good freebies that are in there. And when you join my mailing list, I'm always offering all kinds of other interesting things throughout the year as well. And then coming up this fall, we have a, a program, if people are interested in diving into that, called the Queen's Council, where I'm working with 14 colleagues to bring practices and principles to the participants so that they can actually begin to embody these concepts we've been talking about today. Great. Well, thank you for your time today, Rima. This has really been a delight. Uh, I've really enjoyed our conversation. Me too, Robert. Thank you. You're very welcome. Again, everyone, today my special guest has been Dr. Riva Bonario, and we have been talking about her new book, The Seven Queendoms, A Soul Map for Embodying Sacred Feminine Sovereignty. And again, as you mentioned, you can visit her website, RimaBonario.com. That's R-I-M-A-B-O-N-A-R-I-O.com. So everyone, I want to thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. And until we meet again, thank you for tuning in. You've been listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Remember, our show is available as a free podcast from Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Apple Podcasts, Blog Talk Radio, Amazon Music, and Audible. To follow our show on any of those platforms, visit byteradio.me and select the one you use most. 
You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Bite Radio Me. Until we meet again, remember to be a bright light by bringing inspiration to your world and to the lives of those you touch. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.